feeding of the 5,000, it's, it's the only miracle um, that is recorded in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Anna just read to us from Matthew's Gospel, which we're looking at in the evenings. Um, but I'm, I'm going to also uh, take you over to John's Gospel, because there's a bit of a postscript, a bit of a conversation with um, the disciples and Jesus after he's fed the 5,000. I remember this story being told so many times when I was a child, and, um, and it's such, a, such an amazing story, and one that can wash over us when we've heard it many times. Five loaves, two fish, Jesus feeding 5,000, they say 5,000 men, plus women, plus children. And um, so I was thinking about this, and, and just how, how an amazing miracle it was, We'll look in a moment at John's gospel, and actually what Jesus focused on was not actually the fact that he fed 5,000 men plus women plus children with five loaves and two fish, which was pretty miraculous, but he focused on something else, which we'll get to in a moment. Now, one of the other gospel accounts um, talks about a little boy who, you know, they were asking, um, they were asking how are we going to feed all these people? Now, we haven't got 5,000 people here tonight. I don't know, 80, 90 people in tonight. And, um, but they, they said it would take so much money to feed all these people. And, and Jesus said, what have we got, guys? What have we got to work with? And, and uh, they found a little boy who had brought his lunch with him. And um, he, he kind of, he got his packed lunch. Do you take your packed lunch to work with you or to school or to, or to um, college? And um, so they said, what, what have we got? And um, so this boy turns up, and he's, he's got five loaves. Now, in Jesus' day, they didn't have health and hygiene certificates, but in our, way, in our day, we do. So I'm going to put some plastic gloves on, because I'm going to be healthy and hygienic. So um, they took... Um, I want, just a little digression, I, want, I don't like hitchhiking, I've never liked hitchhiking, um, and I've thought I'd never do it, but once I was living in Germany, and um, I needed desperately to get into Cologne, and um, I lived out in the sticks, and so I hitchhiked, which I've done once and never again, and um, this guy drove up in um, a Volkswagen Polo, and he wheeled down his window, and he said, would you like a lift? And he said it in a sinister German voice. And um, he was wearing plastic gloves. So <laughs> I said, no, thank you. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> I'll take the bus. Um, so they find this boy. And um, he's got five loaves. Five, he's five loaves, which five kind of five bread rolls. Um, so we have here one, two, three, four, Five. Um, and he's got some cheese. <laughs> You're saying, wait a minute. Does it say cheese in the Bible? What does it say? Fish. How many fish? Two fish. But I thought, I thought it's, a, it's a sweaty Sunday evening. I'm not handling two fish. So we're going cheese, if that's all right. Um, so we've got cheese, we've got, we've got a boy's lunch basically, and that's it, five loaves and two fish. And, and so, um, and 5,000 people plus women plus children. So um, 
So Jesus then takes um, one of the pieces of bread, and uh, he doesn't have plastic gloves on, and he doesn't have a bread knife. Um, but he holds it up before his father, and he blesses it, and he prays over it. And then he calls his disciples, and he asks them to start distributing the food. Um, so he's, he's handing out um, bits of bread and bits of uh, fish. So I'm going <clears> to <throat> need some disciples. Um, I've got some napkins. Does anyone come hungry tonight? Um, I've got some very nice cheddar cheese, some tiger bread. So, um, Paul, will you be my disciple tonight? And Jenny, will you be my disciple? And Ellie, will you be my disciple? And Anna, will you be my disciple? And hand out, hand this out. So anyway, don't force feed people, you know. I mean, only give it to people that want to eat it. And, uh, but let's see how far we get with our five loaves and two fish, um, or five loaves and um, ten slices of cheese. Yeah, let's be a bit more generous with that one. Uh, thank you. You want to distribute those? And... Um, Jenny, I'm going to hand over this job to you now. No, I can't actually, because I've got, I've got the gloves. I, I've got the gloves. Right. That's all right. Right, quickly uh, grab some napkins. How are we doing with feeding 80 people or 90 people? Um, how's that working out? <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Anna works as a professional waitress, we know, so she's qualified. Thank you, Ali. There you go. So that's our five loaves and two fish stroke, ten slices of cheddar cheese. How's that? How are we doing? Who's not got any yet? Quite a lot of you. <laughs> right, I'll take these off. I feel like a Boston strangler. So Jesus breaks the bread and he blesses it and he starts to hand it out and the disciples start walking up and down the rows and they've had them all seated. Jesus seats them all in a seating plan and they just, it just keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going and they keep coming back to Jesus and he keeps handing them more bread and more fish and more bread and more fish. And it says that every one of them was fed and every one of them was satisfied. And then Jesus said, let's not waste any. So take some baskets and collect the leftovers. And so Jesus um, um, and the disciples started to collect in um, the basket loads of leftovers and they had 12 basketfuls of leftovers of bread and fish, enough for a basketful each for the disciples. And, um, and it's, an amazing, it's an amazing miracle, and, and we can let it wash over us because um, five loaves, two fish, Jesus feeding the 5,000. But if you see how far our bread and cheese went tonight, it didn't go very far, did it? And, but, but they were all fed and they were all satisfied. Now, I want to 
pick up on, on John's version of the story and a conversation then that takes place with Jesus and the disciples in John chapter 6. Um, and it starts at verse 25. In John 6 earlier, Jesus has fed the 5,000 just as it is recorded in, in, um, in Matthew. And it says, um, Jesus has then walked on the water and, and come to the other side of, of the, the lake. And when they found him, the disciples on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? So Jesus is saying to them, don't work for food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life. And they say, what must we do to do the works that God requires? And Jesus said, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And so they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What are you going to do, Jesus? What will you do? Our forefathers, they ate manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it's my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus starts to talk to them about this miracle and he says you're looking for me because you've had your fill of bread and because you've had your fill of fish and, and you've come to me and he starts he does something that Jesus often does he takes an object like a bit of bread and he starts to teach spiritual lessons and he does this all the time he takes everyday objects and images and, and teaches those around him he's at a well one day and he meets a woman who's drawing water out of a well and Jesus says that water that you're drinking I can give you water that is spiritual water that will satisfy your thirst at a visceral level that will satisfy your life and Jesus starts where, with where someone is like drinking water and he starts to talk about spiritual water and spiritual life if he's out in the fields, he'll look at the lilies of the fields or the corns of wheat or the birds of the air or the sheep or the mustard seeds. Whatever is to hand, Jesus takes it and, and he starts to talk to people about the spiritual truths of his kingdom because he's a great communicator. He's a great storyteller and picture painter. And he does it wherever he goes. He uses these vivid images, uh, these stories to tell simple Profound truth. So, Jesus says to his disciples, you were impressed with the bread thing then. You're feeling all full up and amazed and satiated that we fed that many people with bread that would have cost a lot of money to feed that many people. Well, Jesus said, he said, don't get taken up with food that spoils, like the four-month-old yogurt at the back of a student's fridge. Work for food that endures to eternal life. The Son of Man will give you this. And Jesus starts to talk to them in that way. Don't worry about food for your bellies, Jesus says, about the bread that I've just given you. Don't worry about food that spoils. Get concerned with spiritual food. He did this another time. Um, he said, so do not worry, in Matthew 6, saying, what shall we eat? 
or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well but back to John 6 their conversation continues and it moves on to the kind of works that they should do and to to belief Jesus says they say what kind of works must we do then to do, to do what you're talking about, Jesus, to go after this food that doesn't spoil. And Jesus says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one who he has sent. They, and then they start to ask Jesus and say, what miraculous signs are you going to do, Jesus, so that we will believe you? Our forefathers, they had manna in the desert. Their father Moses, they, you know, they had this bread. Manna means what is it? They had this bread coming down from heaven on the desert floor and Jesus and God miraculously fed the people of Israel day after day after day. And so his disciples said to Jesus, our forefathers, they had that sign. What sign are you going to do, Jesus, for us to believe? If you say we've got to believe, what are you going to do so that we believe? Now I think that's a bit cheeky, really, of the disciples because he's just fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. And he's just walked on water. I mean, it's not bad, is it, for a day's work? What signs are you going to do, Jesus, so that we might believe? They had, our forefathers, they had manna from heaven. Bread from heaven to eat. Okay, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, in John 6, 32, 33. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it's my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus is painting away. You see what he's doing? Talking to him about bread. Ah, you're full up. You come looking for me again. And then they're asking for a sign because they want to believe. What are you going to do, Jesus? Our forefathers had the manna. And Jesus says, you know, I am actually the true bread from heaven. When I was a child, I used to watch this TV program called Painting with Nancy. And um, none of you will have heard of it, or most of you will not have heard of it. But she used to stand in front of an easel, and uh, she used to just start painting. She had these palette knives and these oils. And she would just like, be painting away. And for the most time, you would not see what she was painting. It was just a, a myriad of lines and dashes and splashes of gray and red and you would watch her painting away and she'd be talking away and you think what is it what is it and all of a sudden it would just come into sharp relief and you would see this amazing painting it used to stand me every time I saw as she just with these oils and these she used to produce these beautiful paintings and and all of a sudden you would see aha that's what it is and I see Jesus talking to these disciples and he's painting away for them these images and they're not getting it. They're not, they're not clear. The disciples are still not clear. And they say, and Jesus says, I am the bread from heaven. My Father sent this bread from heaven, comes down from heaven, gives life to the world. And they say, they're still not seeing it, from now on, give us this bread. Give us this bread, Jesus. Whatever it is, this miracle bread, give it to us. They're trying to keep up. And Jesus delivers his punchline. He fills in the gap. They start to see the picture. John 6, 35. I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. And he who comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And the disciples look at him 
as he talks to them in this way. And as we look at the remainder of the dialogue, I want to point out the two kind of main themes of what Jesus is saying. Because he moves on from feeding 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. And he starts to talk about himself being the true bread of life. This is where it's really at. This is what it's really about. And two things that he says to his disciples, and he says to us tonight, he says, first of all, I will give you satisfaction and fulfillment in this life that you will not find anywhere else. I will do that. I will, I will give you satisfaction, and I will give you fulfillment that you will not find anywhere else. And secondly, Jesus says, I will give you eternal life after that, and because I am the true bread of life. Satisfaction and fulfillment in this life. In Matthew's Gospel 14, 20, it says that they all ate the bread that they were given and they were satisfied. It, it wasn't like here's a little bit of bread and cheese and everyone just have a little morsel. Have you ever been to a party where there's not quite enough food and you kind of have a nibble but you hold back because there's not enough food? And, um, but it says they, were, they all ate and they were all satisfied. We have some very basic human needs uh, in our makeup uh, as, as individuals. We need other people. We, um, I just read a book on friendship and community and we're going to be doing that series in the mornings in July on, on friends. But we all need other people. We all need community. We all need uh, to love and we all need to be loved. And, and we need a sense of purpose as well in life. And um, when, when uh, Rick Warren back in the day wrote his book, The Purpose Driven Life, about purpose... And having a purpose-driven life, having purpose in life, it became the fastest best-selling book in history. Um, people were lapping it up. Well, how can I find out what the purpose for my life is? We need a sense of significance, every one of us. We need to be loved. And we all do all kinds of things to meet these needs and to fill what is ultimately a spiritual hunger. And... Pop stars have sung about it for decades. The Rolling Stones said, I can't get no satisfaction. You two sang, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And we all struggle to do just that. And Jesus was making a bold statement to his disciples here. He was talking about human need and human desire. And he was digging deeper than the initial talk of food for the physical body. He was making the claim that only he can satisfy the desires of the human heart, the longings of the human heart. The psalmist says it in Psalm 107, for he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. He is the one that ultimately satisfies us. The prophet says it in Isaiah 55, come all who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. And Jesus and the prophet says in Isaiah, come and take that which ultimately money cannot buy. The bread that money cannot buy. And why do you spend your money on that which ultimately cannot satisfy and satisfy your soul? And Jesus is saying it. He says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the one who will satisfy those ultimate needs. Everywhere he, elsewhere, he talks about a child asking his dad for bread, and he says, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? 
And if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then know you are evil, know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? When something is blessed by God, and Jesus blesses this bread and breaks it, when something is blessed by God, even a small amount, five loaves and two fish, it will be enough. You know, when your finances are blessed by God, it will be enough. When, uh, when, when your life and the way you live it is blessed by God, it will be enough. And Jesus b- breaks the, the bread and he blesses it and it's enough um, because it's got God in it and on it and the blessing of God. And, and the, the thing that Jesus does here, he says it's not really about miracles to his disciples. It's not about manna. It's not about loaves and fish. It's not about feeding the 5,000 ultimately but he says it's ultimately about true spiritual satisfaction and belief in me, and, and, and uh, I am the one, ultimately, that will satisfy you, your deepest longings. And I wonder how many of us are satisfying ourselves in God on a, on a daily basis, feeding on him, feeding on him, being satisfied in him. I told the story before of, um, of a time that I was in Greece, and I... I was starving and I'd been on a long walk and I stopped at a little place and, and they made fresh bread and a fresh garden salad and fresh herbs and a cold drink and it was, it was just such a, a satisfying meal. And, and, and Jesus wants us to be satisfied in him. My soul is restless until it finds its rest in him. And Jesus is telling his disciples, they're not quite getting it as he's painting these pictures, but he is saying it's not about manna from heaven. It's not about signs so that you can believe. It's about me, Jesus says. And if you come to me, you will be satisfied. You will be fed. You will have what you need. I am the bread of life. I am the bread that comes down from heaven. I am the one that satisfies you. And that's what he tells his followers. That's the first point that he makes as he kind of deconstructs this miracle for them. The second thing that he promises them is is a promise of eternal life. He says, I'm the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, and yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread... He will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. This is the way Jesus is talking to them. This is the bread, he goes on to say later on in John 6, 58. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. He's promising them two things. He's promising them satisfaction, but he's promising them eternal life. And then he starts to talk about eating his flesh and drinking his blood so that they can have eternal life. What has happened now? Have we entered into some kind of first century flesh-eating zombie movie? Some weird cannibalistic sect? If you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have eternal life. You want to live forever, you must eat me and you must drink my blood. Of course, this isn't what Jesus is saying. But he is ultimately talking about his death on the cross. 
And if we fast forward to the scene of the Last Supper, Jesus takes a piece of bread again, and he breaks it again, and he blesses it again. And he says, this is my body which is broken for you. Take it and eat it and remember me until I come again. And this is my blood, he says, as he takes a cup of wine and eats with them at the Passover. And he says, drink of this uh, for the remission of your sins. Jesus is doing this and he's, he's uh, on the eve of his death and he's telling them that if they partake of him, if they put their faith and their trust in him, what he will do at the cross, it is there that they will find eternal life. It is there that they will find uh, ultimate fulfillment and satisfaction. And the work, Jesus says, the work that I want you to do is I want you to believe in me. I want you to believe in the one that God sent. I want you to put your faith and your trust in me, the bread of life. A conversation that started with the disciples thinking about bread and being full ends in Jesus saying, I am ultimately the ultimate bread of life. And what you've just seen is nothing compared to me and to life in me and life through me. He tells them, that he is the one that gives ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment. And he tells them, your forefathers, they ate the manna, but they ultimately died. But if you eat of this bread, you will live forever. You will live forever. This morning, Paul spoke of the gospel, and he spoke of the joy of the gospel and the fullness of the gospel and our impetus to share the gospel and to share this amazing good news that we have received and D.T. Nile said, evangelism is just one beggar telling another one where to find the bread. It's just one, of, one beggar telling another where to find bread. And as we partake of Jesus, as we thought about this morning, and as we find our satisfaction in him, and as we find our eternal life in him, then the onus is on us to share that with others is to tell others where the bread is. It's to tell them where the sustenance is. It's to tell them where the satisfaction is. I can't get no satisfaction. It's to tell those that don't have any peace in life, that don't have any purpose in life. It's to tell them this is where the bread is. The bread is Christ. He is the bread of life. He is the one that will satisfy. And we, like those ancient disciples, we modern-day disciples, we take the little that Jesus gives us <laughs> We take it and it's blessed and we share it with others and it goes much further than we think it will. And we have much more influence than we think it will. And as we share Jesus and as we share this bread of life, we're sharing the one that will ultimately satisfy and we're sharing the one that will ultimately give eternal life. So it's not just for us to gorge ourselves, but it's for us to share with others. There's an Old Testament story of a siege of a city uh, by, uh, uh, by an enemy force at a siege of the Israelites. And for days and weeks and months, they're under siege. They're starving. They're starving. And one day, uh, the lepers leave the city, and they, find, and they go into the enemy's camp, and 
God has performed a miracle and all the enemies have retreated and they go into these tents and they find feasts, they find food and they're gorging themselves, bread and cheese and wine and, and fruit and they're just going from tent to tent and they're laughing and, they're, and they haven't eaten for so long and they're just filling their faces and, until their bellies hurt. And then they say, wait a minute, what about all those other people that are starving? What about all those people behind that we've left behind that are still haven't eaten? We've got to share with them. We've got to take the food and share it with them. And so it is with us that we are, as we've said, I've said, I've said many times, I've used these two words, the companion, compan is to share bread, copan, the French word, to share bread. We've got to share our bread. We've got to take it. We've got to break it. We've got to bless it. We've got to give it. We've got to hand it out to our neighbors, our friends, so that others can find the satisfaction and the eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ. I think we're no different from the early disciples in that in many ways, many people are still looking for a sign. They're still looking for a miracle. They're still looking for the spectacular. And Jesus said, and, and, and Paul said, um, you know, that the Greek, they look for, for, for wisdom, and the Jews, they look for miracles. Um, but that's not ultimately where it's at. It's ultimately... The greatest miracle is Jesus, and the greatest act is to believe in him, and to do his works is to put our faith in him. So two things tonight as I close out, as we think about this old miracle, the one and only miracle that's recorded in all four of the Gospels, is, is God is still a God of miracles. God can still multiply things. God can still take a little amount and bless it and make it last way beyond the time that it should last. God can still do amazing things through us and, and with our finances and with our resources. God can still do the miraculous in that way. But I think, I think as you listen to this conversation between Jesus and his disciples in John 6, as he starts to deconstruct this miracle and paint these pictures for them, is ultimately to say the greatest miracle is to believe in Jesus Christ. The greatest miracle that can happen in a person's life is salvation, is to be saved. It's the greatest thing that can happen to anyone, is to find our satisfaction and our fulfillment in Jesus. It's the greatest miracle that can occur, occur. And if you've never put your trust in him, Jesus said, what is it to do my works, to do the works of God? It's to believe, it's to believe, it's to put your faith and your trust in Jesus. He is the bread of life. He is the one that will satisfy and perhaps tonight, as I, as I lead you in prayer, perhaps you're one of those people that are wrestling with purpose, are wrestling with emptiness, are wrestling with a sense of direction, are wrestling with that phrase, I can't find, I can't get, no satisfaction. <laughs> and I would invite you to, to Jesus. I would invite you to, to eat of the bread of life. I would hold out this loaf to you, this Bread from heaven. The greatest miracle that ever happened was when Jesus came down. And we had to eat of him and drink of him and partake of him and be part of him and have him in our life and find our satisfaction in him and do that tomorrow and do it on Tuesday and, and come back to him and feed on him and, and be satisfied in him. They were fully satisfied when they ate the bread. But the full satisfaction comes from Christ. So I'm going to invite you to eat of that bread afresh tonight. If you've never given your life to Christ, never put your faith in him, to do that tonight, to believe in the one that God sent, to put your faith in him.
to do that tonight. And if you're a Christ follower, it's to find your satisfaction again in him. If you're feeling restless, pointless, purposeless, um, to put your trust again afresh in him, to feed on him, to delight in him. There's a phrase that John Piper uses. He talks about Christian hedonism. Hedonism is the pursuit of pleasure. And people pursue pleasure in all kinds of places. But he talks all the time, John Piper, about finding our pleasure in God. Christian hedonists. Being satisfied in Jesus. And we can do that tonight. And also this great promise of Jesus of eternal life. He said, this, this bread, if you eat this bread, you will never die. If you come to Christ, you will never die. You will have everlasting life. So shall we pray as we close our eyes together and think for a few moments about these powerful words of Jesus. I'm going to invite you tonight to, to eat of this bread, this much more than bread and cheese or bread and fish, the bread of life, to take it, to eat it, to be blessed by it. Father, I pray for those that are hungry tonight. I pray for those that are looking for satisfaction and don't feel that they've found it. For the many people that we know, God, who are still starving, who are still beggars looking for bread. Father, I pray if there's anyone in this room tonight that has never partaken of you, never done this work of putting their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ, that they would do it tonight, that they would put their hand in yours, that they would entrust their heart to you. Father, I pray that tonight they would come to you and put their faith in Jesus and feed on him, the one who gives true satisfaction and eternal life. You are the bread of life and you invite us to come and to be part of you and to follow you. And I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here tonight that would whisper that prayer, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to be your disciple. I want to be a Christ follower. That they would do that from their heart, Lord, tonight and become a disciple of Jesus. I pray for every one of us, those that know you and follow you, that we would be those that would go out and share this bread with others and never lose the impetus or the onus of what we are called to do, to be beggars who have found bread and want to share it with others to be co-pans, to be companions, to be the sharers of bread and good news. As we've heard this morning and this evening, God, let us take this and eat it and share it, break it and bless it, and give it out to others. I pray, Lord, that we'd reach many thousands and many tens of thousands and many hundreds of thousands with this gospel. It's always enough, it will always satisfy, and it will give us and lead us to eternal life. Lord, I pray as we go into this week that, Lord, you will take the little that we have and you will bless it and multiply it to our friends, to those that we study with, to those that we work with. Lord God, let us continue to hold out this bread of life and the one that gives ultimate satisfaction. And I pray that each day that, Lord, we would again come to eat of you and drink of you and be satisfied with you. Lord, and not to try and be satisfied by other things. Father, we pray these things tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.